0: Hello everyone, this is LaShondra Grays, The Apartment Lady, and this is the second episode for I'm Homeless, But I'm Working. So I want to start it out with saying thank you. Thank you to everyone um, that found me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for all the shares. This was the first uh, episode and I got a a great response and and I'm glad, I'm glad that people are telling their stories. So I want to encourage you to leave messages um, so that I can add your messages to the next podcast. Now, um, I also want to address questions that were asked. Um, One of the questions that was asked was, uh, do I help? And uh, various states. This is, uh, Apartment and Housing Rentals Foundation is a national organization. And so our model is set up where we can help. We don't have to be in your state to help in your state. Our goal is to eventually have offices in every state, but we are still placing people in different states. So I want you to go to the website, dot the apartment dot org that's www dot w dot org. www dot dot org and start that process. Um, we made it very uh, simple for you to start that process, and it's very cost efficient. And so just start your process, because as soon as you start that process, um, we'll be able to, someone will get back to you and it takes six weeks. So from the time you start, it takes six weeks um, for you to get your place. So um, within six weeks, you'll have your apartment. Okay. All right. Um, Here are the questions. The other question was, um, am I going to go live? I'm not going to go live on this podcast until I have all the logistics worked out. Um, And then when I go live, it will be a video um, version of the podcast when I go live. So for now, I'm not going to go live. But I encourage you to leave your messages because if you leave your message on Anchor, I can actually get those messages and add the messages to um, an upcoming episode. Because it's very important that people speak out um, because it's not just you. Last episode was, it's not just you. So now let's get down to the meat because I did some research and all the numbers. I gave you shocking numbers uh, last episode where I said 2.3 million families were taken to eviction court and Nine hundred thousand families were evicted, so and I um, did a median number for a household size of three, and that would say that would mean that 2.7 million people were evicted two point seven million people were evicted so those these are some shocking numbers because we're talking about every year if you want to um, research That information, I got that from the Eviction Lab. So that's www.evictionlab.com. And I encourage you to go up, go and see how many people are evicted every day in your state. Like in California, 114 people evicted every day in California. Um, That's every workday, five days a week. Um, in Illinois, about two hundred people evicted every day, so these numbers are important, but these other numbers that I just came up with mm, wow, 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 wow. I did some other research. I want to know what was the um the change in the rental prices um for for the last decade. So I have uh, numbers that I want to uh, tell you about. Okay, so let me um dive right into these um rental increases and it uh, yeah it it's gonna explain everything. So the first um the first numbers are coming from marketwatch.com and this is 10 year rental increases. They did about um the the top 20 uh cities. And I'm just going to name off about seven. Now, I want you to keep in mind, these are just cities. So you'll see that some of the cities I um, are in, diff- in the same state. Some of the cities are in the same state, which means, yeah, that's a lot of money coming from one state, all right? Okay, here we go. Austin, Texas, um, they saw a rent increase of 92.6% in the past 10 years. And they've paid $36 billion in rental income. North Carolina, they saw a 91% uh, rental increase in the past 10 years. And they've paid $16 billion in rental income. Denver, Colorado, they saw a 88.2% rental increase in the past 10 years. And they've paid $50 billion in rental income. Atlanta, Georgia... 84.5% increase in rental um, prices in the last uh, 10 years and they've paid $76 billion in 10 years in rental income. Chicago, Illinois only saw a 35.8% but they've paid $137 billion in rental income in 10 years. Los Angeles, California saw a 38.8%. Um, seven percent, but they've paid $349 billion in 10 years in rental income. In Sacramento, they saw a 45 percent increase in rent, and they've paid uh, what did I say, $140 billion in rental income. So, and and I think that no, they've paid for uh, uh yeah, $40 billion in rental income. Um, You can look at these numbers at www.marketwatch.com. But I want you guys to keep in mind that these are just cities. Um, I I read off cities. And that's why in California, I was able to read off two cities. So that means that state has so many cities. So that's a lot of money, billions of dollars coming from the state. Now between... Uh, 2010 and 2019 Americans paid 4.5 trillion dollars in rent 4.5 trillion dollars in rent that's a lot of money okay that's a, a lot of money and there's no reason why we shouldn't have affordable housing but let me get let me just dive right into these reports and I'll tell you I'll you know, give my opinion on it afterwards. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics, prices for rent of primary um, residencies were 214.46% higher in 2019 versus 1984. four. Two hundred. And fourteen percent higher. Okay, the rental prices are two hundred and fourteen percent higher. Um, and then I got that number from w www. dot, uh, twenty thirteen dollars dot com, w dot twenty thirteen dollars dot com. So I also, um, had a read a story from Los Angeles Times and it was published December 2019 that said LA rent rose 65% over the last decade, study show. 65% over the last decade. Um, it's, it went on to say that UCLA students and young professionals have an average rent of four thousand nine hundred. And $44 a month. That is a lot. Okay. But um I I like the fact that this story uh, went on to say um the income level. So they said LA medium income, um, medium household income grew 36%. So that was sixty-four thousand and Uh, $36. And remember in the last uh, podcast, I talked about rent. Like You had to be making $60,000 in order to pay 50% of your monthly income for rent. Well, here it is um, in black and white. And you can find this story um, on Los Angeles Times. And it was posted December 19th. Oh, it went on to say that in 2010, um, the number of US renters surpassed uh, 100 uh million. So growing from 99.4 million in 2010 to 108.5 million in 2018. So we have 108.5 million renters. Renters Um in LA in 28. No, in the United States. I'm sorry, you guys, I don't want to get you the wrong information. In the United States, we have 108 million renters, and they're saying that renters make up 34% of the US populations. Renters make up 34% of the US populations. You guys, that is a huge number. 34% Thirty-four percent of the US populations. So that's why it's time for us to um demand some stuff. It's time for us to stand up and it's time for us to stop suffering in silence. It's not you. It's not you. You you didn't uh do anything wrong. You can't afford the rent. There is no affordable housing. Now I want to read a number um another number. I wanna go back to what Americans paid from 2010 to 2019 in rent, $4.5 trillion in rent. That's some buying power. You guys have to understand that's some real buying power. And and so renters make up 34% of the U.S. population. That's some real buying power. And there's power in numbers. There is power in numbers. That's some ba- buying power right there. So it's that time. I want to take a little break, but I'll be right back. I won't be no more than about two, three minutes. Thank you. I am back. So let's keep this party moving and dive right into this information. Okay, so let's talk about the wages because I went to look up some numbers um, to see how much the wages have increased over the past 45, 50 years up until now. Um, since I have the numbers for the rent increases, I want to see what the wages increase. And I'm specifically looking at 10 years, but I was I have information for the wage increase for forty five years so it says in nineteen seventy three the average hourly income and that's a high that was a high level average hourly income was four dollars and three cents but that's nineteen seventy three the problem is the high average um hourly income today well in nine two thousand nineteen is um between $3 and 68 cents. But because of inflation, because of inflation, the wages in 1973 at $4 an hour and the wages in 2019 at $23 an hour have the same buying power. They have the same buying power. So let me break these numbers down to you. We're not, um, they're including, um, employee health benefits, um, retirement, union fees, things like that. Those are considered part of your wages. And so 70% is the actual dollar amount. Okay. Inflation, the inflation, the buying power is the same in 1973 at $4 an hour. Um, as it is in 2019 at twenty three dollars an hour, so we all know that minimum wage is nowhere near twenty three dollars an hour. We all get that, but they're saying um, the sources, and this is the the Pew Research dot uh, com. That's where I got this information from. They're saying that um, divine power is the same. Oh, that that kind of sucks because. That article in LA uh, Times said that the rent increased 65% and then the income increased 36%. There's a deficit there, okay? There is an obvious deficit there. There's a problem. Guys, we have a problem. We have a problem, Um in America, we have a, a real problem in America. We have a problem. And it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to talk about it. We are, the renters are 34% of America's population. And in 10 years, they brought in $4.5 trillion in rental income. And and I mean, are you serious? But we don't have affordable housing. There is no way that people are working 40 hours a week should be living in a car. People are working 40 hours a week should be living in a hotel. People are working 40 hours a week should be living in a shelter. People that's working 40 hours a week should be living with someone else. There's no way. It shouldn't be like that. You gotta think about it. Everybody is a part of the circle of life. Everybody makes a difference. I don't care what your income level is. We all make a difference. We need the janitors. We need the security guards. We need the cashiers. We need the people that work on the line at the manufacturing plants. Everybody makes a difference. Okay? We need that. That's the circle of life. We need all of these people to keep uh, to have a job and to have a place to stay. As I said before, human beings cannot live in the natural elements. We need shelter. We need shelter. So it's really up to the states to make sure that their tax paying citizens ha- can afford rent. So let's talk about afford rent because people are throwing in the term just like they're blindly throwing out affordable housing and they cannot really, um, want to say define what affordable housing is you see the term affordable housing all the time but you don't see a definition and i'll get to that however i want to talk about rent control people are throwing out that term rent control and they don't even know what rent control is it they don't know what it is when they think of rent control they're thinking of what's going on uh the rent control that new york city has uh new york has um whereas the rent rental prices have stayed the same and cannot rise, um, all these years, that's not the rent control that I'm talking about. And so when, um, investors, real estate investors and landlords and property managers, when they hear that term rent control, Oh my gosh, they don't want to hear it. Oh no, no, no! The government can't control our rent. We because we already have. I I heard someone say we already have uh, too many taxing figures and um, and the government, and they already have control over everything else. We don't want them to have any more control. It's not about that. If you. Are gouging the rental prices, then something needs to happen. But let me tell you my idea of rent control. I figure um they have the information, um, they know the medium income, median income in the different neighborhoods. So if you have a neighborhood like Inglewood and Southside Chicago, in Chicago, Inglewood's very popular. Uh, impoverished neighborhood, if you have a neighborhood like Inglewood, and the median income in Inglewood is eighteen thousand dollars a year, thirty thousand dollars a year, I don't think landlords should be able to charge more than what the tenants can pay you have the you have the information, okay, so in Inglewood. Um you can have an apartment building where the rent for a two bedroom apartment is $900 and the apartment building right across the street the rent is $1400. No one in Inglewood can afford a $1400 rent. So what happens is um because people need somewhere to stay, they will pay that fourteen hundred dollars first might rent, and they'll pay that security deposit. They'll come up with the twenty eight hundred dollars, but they cannot maintain that rental cost. So, I'm I'm living. I'll say I live in Inglewood, and I'm paying nine hundred dollars. And my friend moves across the street, and she's paying fourteen hundred dollars. And we're working at the same place, and let's say we make thirty thousand dollars um a year and we're working at the same place but she's being evicted um because her rent is $1400 right across the street um and I'm not being evicted um I I can afford um some luxuries um in life and she can't afford anything I can afford to put my children in private school or I can afford uh to Make sure my children have um, inc- um activities, like put them in uh, ballet school or or karate, but her children can't have that same luxury because her rent right across the street is $1,400 and my rent is $900. Those are the type of things that can't keep going. So when I talk about rent control, I'm not talking about um completely controlling the rent and saying that the rent can't go up because inflation happens, okay? The rental prices are going to go up, but they can't be gouged like they are now. So, if the medium income in Inglewood is $30,000, then the landlords and the investors should not be able to charge rent that will outprice the residents in Inglewood. That's all I'm saying. That's what I consider rent control. I'm not talking about um, you not raising your rent at all because the trends has been, the rental prices have been raised about 2.5% a year. Okay, that's the trends. We have inflations and inflation is going to happen. But this gouge that you have right now, if rent, is, um, if rent has went up, in 10 years, if you break 93% in 10 years, you want to say 9% a year? No, 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 no. That's why we don't have housing. That's why we have 2.3 million people a year being taken to eviction court. That's why. So I am going to end this podcast with that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to give you an update on me. So I'm no longer... In the hotel, I am um, sharing a house and room, so I have a roommate, and um, that's what's going on with me. So I'm no longer in the hotel, but I have a roommate, (sighs) and uh, it seems like that's what's happening as well. People are um, getting roommates, and like I said uh, before, in the last podcast in Illinois, they tried to come up with a term called double up living and um, we're fighting that in apartment housing rentals foundation. We're really fighting that because if they come up with that term, then they're saying it's a norm for two families to live in the same house. I don't have any uh, babies. You know, Uh, my daughter is grown. She has her own children, her own, her own apartment. I don't have any babies. So it's okay for me to, um, in a roommate situation but people with families um uh, women that has three four children and a husband and then someone else has two three children and a husband those two families can't live together that will cause so many problems okay i um well, i don't want to talk about me anymore that'll cause so many problems I I know that that will cause so many problems. Um, The children will be forced outside, which um, that's happening now, especially in these impoverished neighborhoods. We have two, three families living in the same um, house or an apartment. Apartments. Yeah, you have two, three families living in the same apartments and they have children. And what happens is the children, they get forced outside because there is no living space really so they get forced outside they have to go out spend most of their time outside and what happens outside oh there's a whole bunch of things that's happening outside once they get out get out um outside their door then you have to worry about the gangs and the drugs and and them getting to all type of trouble but if the children are spending majority of their day outside or you want to call in the streets then what do you think is going to happen so there are so many reasons why two families shouldn't be living in the same house. And there is enough property in the United States where that don't have to be. That's the, re- the next number I'm going to um, get you. So the next podcast, I'll be focusing on all of these vacant apartments and all of these vacant houses in the United States. There's no way that people shouldn't have a place to stay. There's no way that people that's working 40 hours a week paying taxes, you pay taxes to work, you pay taxes to cash your check, you pay taxes to spend your money and all of these other taxes to have your children in school and medical and social security and so on. There's no way that we shouldn't be afforded housing. This is LaShondra Graves. Um, Make sure that you leave a message. Um, on anchor.com, because if you leave a message, then I can definitely, um, add your message to the next pod, uh, podcast or the next episode. And you can find me on Facebook with Chandra Graves. You can find apartment and housing rentals foundation on Facebook. You can find apartment and housing rentals foundation at www.theapartmentlady.org. That's www.theapartmentlady.org. T H E A P A R T M E N T A. Shoot. Yeah, I messed that up. <laughs> okay, let me do this again. You can, I, I yeah, I was spelling it wrong. Hey, okay. www.t h E A P A R T M E N T L A D Y dot org. Uh, The Apartment Lady, www.theapartmentlady.org. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter at The Apartment Lady. You can find me on Instagram at The Apartment Lady. You can find me on LinkedIn um, at The Apartment Lady. Uh, Be sure to support if you can. Um, and if you can't, that's fine. Just listen, 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 and continue to share the podcast. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening because this is so important, All right, I want you guys to tell your story. I do not want you to continue to suffer silently. Listen, listen to the podcast, share the podcast because something's got to change and it has to change soon. Thank you. This is LaShondra Graves. God bless you. Um, keep your head up. If you're living in your car, definitely visit the website. If you're living in a shelter or hotel, definitely visit the website. If you're living, um, if you're a transient and you're living from house to house, definitely visit the website. Partner Housing Renters Foundation, we specialize in special. Uh, second chance rentals and eviction preventions. We're also doing affordable home buying situations right now. And if you're an investor, please reach out to apartment housing rentals foundation um, because we're trying to buy our own units. I figure we would be able to have more say so if we own our own apartments. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. The Oscar goes to Joaquin Phoenix. Joker. This is the first Oscar and fourth nomination for Joaquin Phoenix. Hi. So
1: Hi. Um. <clears throat> God, I'm full of so much gratitude right now. Uh, And I do not feel elevated above any of my fellow nominees or anyone in this room because we share the the same love, the the love of film, and this form of expression has given me the most extraordinary life. Um, I don't know what I'd be without it. But I think the greatest gift that it's given me and many of us in this room is the opportunity to use our voice for the voiceless. I've been thinking a lot about some of the distressing issues that we are facing collectively. And I think at times we feel or we're made to feel that we champion different causes. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism, or queer rights, or indigenous rights, or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice. We're talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender, or one species has the right to dominate, control, and use and exploit another with impunity. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world and many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby, even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for her calf, and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. And I think we fear the idea of personal change because we think that we have to sacrifice something to give something up. But human beings at our best are so inventive and creative and ingenious. And I think that when we use love and compassion as our guiding principles, we can create develop and implement systems of change that are beneficial to all sentient beings and to the environment now i've been i've been a scoundrel in my life i've been selfish i've been cruel at times hard to work with and ungrateful but so many of you in this room have given me a second chance and i think that's when we're at our best when when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, but when we help each other to grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other toward redemption. That is the best of humanity. I just, I want to, um, when he, when, when when he was, when he was, when he was 17, my brother wrote, this lyric he said run to the rescue with love and peace will follow thank you